front, she had banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money counter sounds on like a chopper, chopper. Speaker system bumping, fuck your fucking blocker. Do some mocking, now it's cost some belly mockers. Kill a drop, I got from locker. If you buy it, though, why you lying, bro? Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the first, I'm going to call it the first official episode of the season because we're post-draft, we're doing big things. It's still off-season, but, you know, it's okay. We're, we're, on the, we're on the back half of the off-season, you know, like we're really getting into it now. It's like, like the real dead time of football. Yeah. yeah, between now and training camp, there's literally nothing. It's like Little League Baseball championship time. Um, so, yeah, this is Boys Will Be Boys. Welcome true, to true, it, true. Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. A lot to get into today, Ben. Um, so when you last heard from the pod, we had just uh, lamented the taking of one Leighton Vander Esch. Sa- it was Saturday. We had, or no, it was Friday. Uh, round one had had wrapped up. The Cowboys had passed on moving up to take Derwin James. Still pretty pissed about that. Um, they'd come away with uh, one Leighton Vander Esch linebacker, Boise State University. Um, and things got interesting from there. Uh, so, Ben, should we, should we just jump right into the, the rest of the draft? Yeah, yeah. So we're basically going to just take a peek at uh, if Dallas fucked up the rest of the draft or not, if there's anybody cool for you Cowboy fans to fall in love with, for us to fall in love with. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, Jason Witten. Um, last we joined the pod, Goat, he was – Mulling over retirement. We already did do the Jason Witten retirement and sent our love to him. But, uh, you know, it was official today, so we'll touch on that. It was a tearjerker of a presser. Oh, man. And uh, we'll check on and see what's going on with the old Des Bryant. Um, so why don't you go ahead and uh, get us going in the draft, Goat? Yeah, so, you know, it was a – I think a lot of fans had mixed feelings, you know, as we, as we kind of got – some more distance between us in the first round. Um, we got to kind of see the reactions pour in around the first round and what people thought of this kid. And really, it was really a, a huge set of mixed reviews, right? So you got some people that think that this is the Cowboys' biggest area need. They got a huge steal. Leighton Vander Esch is one of the best open field tacklers and coverage linebackers in the game, blah, blah, blah. You have other people that are kind of more on our side of the equation that were like, why are we taking this kid who's played 14 games of 11-man football when – Derwin James has been striking distance. Alabama linebacker is still there. Um, so it's, it's a very mixed bag. Now that you've slept on it for a few days, really a week at this point, Goat, uh, how do you feel about the pick? Where have you landed? I mean, I'm I'm definitely in a better place with it than I was, but that might just be more due to acceptance than anything else. <laughs> uh, it's like I can't change it, so I'm just like, all right, well, I hope this kid's good like because that's I don't really have any choice in the matter. Um I mean, uh, all reports are that this kid plays his ass off and that he's a good linebacker. Um, I don't think, I, I I don't think that anyone was denying that like this kid could play football. I think it was just more of like the opportunities that we had at that spot to take other players that might have made more of an impact. Um, but as it stands, I mean, I just I hope he learns from Sean Lee and that him, Jalen, and Sean form a, a really good linebacker core. What about you? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, you know, I 
I can't remember my exact take that Thursday. I, I mean, that Friday we did the pod. I hated it Thursday night. You know, the more I read about him, um, and I, I think I said this on our pod, so I don't rehash it too too heavily, but I did hear that he was their guy, you know, by all accounts. You know, Jason and McClay, this was the guy they had circled, they really wanted. So, you know, we've done a really good job, this organization, on first-round draft picks for most of the last 10 years. So we'll I'll trust it. You know, we, we definitely – it was a position of need. I don't – hate it just like you we i wanted i wanted someone different but we'll we'll see how it turns out agreed so leighton van Esch, first round pick of the cowboys high expectations coming in um linebacker is definitely a position in need especially with the injury issues we have with Jalen and sean um so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he fits in and and what immediate impact he can make um moving on from there um the second round was kind of affected instantaneously by the announced uh, consideration of retirement by Hall of Fame tight end Jason Witten. This guy's been a mainstay of this offense for the last 15 years. Um, and so instantly kind of thoughts turned to, okay, are the Cowboys going to go out and get uh, a tight end in the second round? Um, so much so that there was speculation that the Eagles actually traded to one spot ahead of us just to take Dallas Goddard, who is uh, South Dakota State uh, tight end, I believe. Um, people had kind of circled him as kind of the best tight end available and thought, hey, like this is where the Cowboys are going to take this. Uh, the Cowboys actually ended up with uh, Connor Williams, uh, an All-American offensive lineman from the University of Texas. Um, and the reports out of Frisco are that they wanted Connor Williams regardless. So whether that's them kind of playing defense to the to the Eagles move or if they really wanted him, we'll never really know. Yeah, um, I heard. Uh, I heard they were hoping Corton Sutton, you know, who we talked about a little bit, was going to fall. I mean, he went very early in that second round. Like, kind of glad he didn't. Picks. To be honest with you, yeah. And I'm really glad we didn't take that tight end. To be honest, um, both. Yeah, I don't like either of those guys. So a lot of people, a lot of Philly fans, thought they really got one over on us. But truth be told, I was kind of relieved. Um, the well, guard, this was a second round pick on a guy who's never going to start over Zach Ertz. So cool i guess like yeah yeah i mean Ertz is perennially injured every time somebody breathes on him though so i guess true. it makes sense from that aspect um and he did drop a touchdown that they called a game winning touchdown in the super bowl but whatever yeah. um so yeah we took connor williams you know he's young he's only 20 goat um you know there's we'll see what they do with him if they play him at tackle and move l back to guard or if the thought is they're going to keep him at guard, um, he's kind of versatile. But either way, you know, the Cowboys now, I also read, have the youngest projected starting offensive line. So not only do we have yep. maybe the best, also the youngest average age. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't don't let the fact that Connor was a second-round pick fool you. This kid was definitely a beast in college. Um, this guy allowed one sack in three years. Um Again, for a for a Texas team that was otherwise pretty damn mediocre his entire tenure there. Um, so he's definitely a highly touted kid. Um, he's very similar in makeup physically and play style to Zach Martin in that he's like his arms are a little shorter than the optimal build for offensive line, but he plays dirty, he plays nasty. The Cowboys love this kid. Um, my gut tells me that they're going to keep Lael at right tackle. Uh, Lael really struggled over the first five games of the season. Um, 
But when he was able to come back, uh, he actually played. If you look at like his kind of his PFF scores and the the analysis on him, kind of played, middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, he I think he he averaged out to pretty middle of the road, but he had some really highly rated games at right tackle. So I'm, my guess yeah. is they're going to put Connor at guard um, and kind of have they're hoping that he'll be kind of a mirror to Zach Martin and kind of have two Zach Martins and then Lel and Tyron on the outside. For what it's worth, I heard Lel wants to play tackle. Um, it's definitely his natural position. I also think that has to do with tackles just get paid a lot more money than guards anyway. But, but um, you know, we'll see what they do there. Either way, like I said, a real young offensive line. You know, we haven't missed on a guard since – I mean, a O-lineman since really Chaz Green in the third. Um, so I love – you know, I, I love our ability to scout O-lineman, and he's going to be a day-one starter, so – and with the, the way this offense is being built now with, uh, you know, Dak friendly, we're going to pound the ball with Zeke. We've taken some extra weapons into the backfield, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and, the you know, we're not going to take these kind of burner shots down the field. It's going to be a lot more about kind of the scheme, getting guys open, receivers getting separation. Um, I think the, the pass blocking is going to become even more crucial. And so shoring up that whole – um, I think Con- the Connor Williams pick was pretty much assured during that Atlanta game last year uh, when a single kind of not that great defensive end took the Cowboys for seven sacks by himself. Um, I think they realized they needed to have something, some kind of solution there. And I think the other good thing about this is that it frees up, uh, and I'm blanking on his name. What's the guy's name we took, we, we traded for in the offseason? Cam something. Yeah, I forget his name too. He's gonna be he's gonna be bench. Yeah, so he so that gives us good depth. We got a swing tackle that can come in there if Tyron has an issue. We just need a rotation. So this gives us excellent depth at the O line. Like Ben said, it gives us the youngest O line, and we have a highly touted pro player at pretty much every position on the line, which is great. You got first and second round talents at every position. Obviously, Lael had his little thing that made him drop, but the guy would have been a day one pick uh, had that situation not arisen so i think that is a good pick for us i'm going to give that pick a solid grade um now uh, this left some question marks by the way friendly. thank you so this left some some question marks though because obviously it's now it's now two rounds in and the majority of kind of the the top end receivers on everyone's board have now been taken and the cowboys are, are sitting there with no des bryant and now the the prospect of jason witten no longer playing and people are asking, who is Dak Prescott going to throw the ball to? Yeah, um, and this is especially highlighted by the fact that James Washington and um, Anthony Miller, who you heard as a gush over, went the picks immediately following Dallas taking Connor Williams, uh, which hurt me a little bit. You know, I don't dislike the pick, but you're right. I mean, especially if they thought Witten was going to retire, which all indications showed that he was – You've now lost your two leading pass catchers off your team, your two biggest, I don't really, I guess, target shares. And, you know, they counted for nearly half of Dak's catches last year. So, yeah. you know, it's it's like, what what are, what are we really doing here? Who are, who are we throwing to? And that brings up at least uh, the third round. Yeah, so in the third round, the Cowboys do finally pull the trigger on a wide receiver. They get Michael Gallup out of Colorado State. Um, now this kid's really intriguing. Um, there are multiple publications out there that have him as the number one wide receiver on their board. They have him as being better than Calvin Ridley. Um, 
this kid is he's just a hair over six feet he's 200 plus pounds this kid is not a burner he's like a four or five guy um but excellent hands great catches in traffic highly physical and a very extensive and well like put together route tree this dude is definitely a route technician um, which I think falls more in line to the direction the Cowboys are going in general. It seems like yeah, they want to get the away NFL from... and the NFL in general seems to be going that route, right? Yeah, you don't agreed. see outside of you know the Calvins, Julio, and Dezes, you don't really see a lot of throw up contested ball catchers as much anymore. You know the league's kind of transitioned to that spread them out, you know, make a move and throw underneath. Um, and so hopefully he'll be able to do this. I, I've seen comparisons. Mm-hmm. For those out who haven't um, watched this kid's tape or anything, um, I'm seeing Cooper Cup's name get mentioned with him quite a bit. Um, personally, when I watch him, Andy, and I'm not saying he's explosive or near, but he reminds me of Crabtree and the fact that he's a physical catcher at the ball. He can move after the catch, but yeah, really doesn't have elite speed by any means. And this and this kid definitely got it done in college. Um, in the two years he was at Colorado State, he caught 176 balls for almost 2,700 yards and 21 touchdowns. Um, he had a hundred catch game or a hundred catch year last year with 1400 yards. Um, he was the only weapon that Colorado state had against Alabama and he, they Alabama's, you know, star studded defense, including Minka Fitzpatrick shattered him the entire game came out with like six or seven catches for like 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, so the kid definitely can play ball. Um, it's a matter of will, his skills translate to the next level. Will he be able to get that separation? Will he, will the lack of top end elite at blue chip athleticism catch up with him? Um, I legitimately think this guy can replace Terrence Williams. I really do. I'm very excited about Michael Gallup. Um, Personally, I think this is the best pick of the draft for the Cowboys as far as value for where he was taken. Um, I think that if, if Michael Gallup had been picked in the second round or even the back end of the first, I don't think you would have seen that many people criticize that decision. No. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about Gallup. I, I agree. You know, he's receivers are always fun for us fans, right? You know, you can't really watch Connor Williams and get excited about what a guard does unless a linebacker really balls out, you know, and just turns into a Patrick Willis type stud. You know, it's hard to, to get super excited about that either. But, you know, receivers we can um, very easily judge. And he's going to be in the rotation. You know, they have a lot of receivers on this roster now. I'm really interested to see what Scott does with that. Um, will Gallup be a day one starter? I'm not sure, but you're going to see him. He's not going to be a Dez replacement right away. No one in this draft was going to be. But, uh, you know, I, I think it was a good pick. Yeah, and I mean – I've seen – so Broadus released his uh, – Brian Broadus, Cowboys beat writer, who I, I greatly respect his opinion on all things Cowboys. He's been around forever. Um, and Brian Broadus released his first projected 53 and his depth chart, and he has the starting wideouts as Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley. So he's, uh, he's definitely going to have expectation that he comes in and challenges for a role – prominent role in this offense from day one, which I'm excited to see if he can pull it off. Um, and like you mentioned, there's a lot of receivers on this roster. They made some moves. Um, we can get into that a little bit. I, obviously, once we get to the sixth round, we'll definitely be talking about that a little bit. But um, the the Cowboys at one point during this draft, I think had nine wide receivers or maybe eight wide receivers on the roster at one time. Um, yeah. 
and, and this is as good a point as any to mention, they did uh, trade Ryan Switzer. Um, so Ryan Switzer is now on the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we traded him for a, a second-round pick from a couple years ago, Gian Ward, who plays defensive line for the Raiders. Hasn't done much for them. I think they wanted more depth at D-line, and the receiver room had just gotten crowded. Um, and they just didn't – I guess they just didn't think that Switzer was going to be a big enough role player to warrant – keeping in a, in an otherwise crowded wide receiver room. So um, the makeup of the receiver core is definitely changing. And I think like we mentioned earlier, the style that they are approaching the receiver position from is definitely changing kind of as a response to how the league is going in general. Yep. Agree. I mean, they're going to, it's going to be a committee approach. You know, Stephen Jones even um, said this over the weekend, we have come to grips that we are not going to have a quote-unquote number one receiver. We're just not going to get it done that way. I don't think there is anyone in this draft that was going to change that for us this year. Now, there are certainly guys we can develop into that, absolutely. Um, blah, 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 blah. And we felt we came up with one of them that we can make a difference. So, you know, it's going to be a committee. I don't think you're going to see any Dallas Cowboy receiver touch a 1,000 yards this year. I'd be surprised if any of them, Andy, had a – 75 plus catches this year i'd be surprised yeah, and, and you know what we didn't have a thousand yard receiver when we went 13 and 3 and the eagles didn't have a thousand yard receiver when they won the super bowl so good points, good points. Uh, i'm just saying you know he's not going to be we're not going to have a pro bowler off that receiver core most likely we probably won't have a 10 td guy and i don't think you know maybe we don't need to but you know we're certainly gonna need someone within that group andy to step up because on paper there's no one. There's no one individual that scares you among that group. Agreed, agreed. But and and I'll just and I'll make the point that you know I think the most of the the league is modeling their offense off of the Patriots approach, and they've never you know except for like the rare occurrence of like Moss and Welker, they've never been a team that has like oh my gosh we got a game plan for this one guy who's gonna burn everyone to the end zone. Um, it's a matter of you know the collective group kills you via scheme and separation. I think that's what the Cowboys are trying to transition to. So, um, so yeah, we're excited to see what Gallup does. It's got a great name for a wide receiver. Gallup is a good name for, for a wide out. So um, moving into the fourth round, the Cowboys came back to defense. They took Dorrance Armstrong from Kansas. I'm not super high on this pick. Um, he, he, he was, he had a very good junior year. And then senior year, they switched schemes. He really kind of fell apart. It, it reminded me a lot of the Charles Tapper pick, to be honest with you. Um, Dorrance kind of claimed to fame as he's the one guy that got a sack on Connor Williams. So, you know, I don't know if the Cowboys just thought so much of Connor Williams that they thought that, hey, if a guy can get a sack on him, must be really good. Um, but, yeah, Dor Dorrance joins a, a group of expanding uh, edge rushers, obviously led by Tank Lawrence. Um, there, there are rumors afoot that uh, Randy Gregory will be making his reemergence into the lineup this year. Don't um, hold your breath. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding my breath, dude. The, the guy has reportedly passed Gosh. dozens of drug tests. I'm, I, I want, I'm rooting for Randy. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for him. I just, of course, you're, you're, you're big old pumped on Randy. I'd be surprised to see him play for the Dallas Cowboys again, but we'll see. All right, when he's when he's defensive player of the year, we'll we'll have a special pod he episode. Said it to me about Jalen Smith too, and we'll see when when he's defensive hey, player of the year. We will. <laughs> That's happening. I'm still marking that one down. So, Jalen's right. gonna ball. So. Um, 
After that go, we went to, um, with our compensatory pick in the fourth, we took Dalton Schultz, a tight end. Um, I guess he'll get the first chance of being the Jason Witten replacement. He's going to be probably asked to do a lot, unfortunately, with this team. Uh, you know, he's out of Stanford. The last Stanford tight end, I will say, is Zach Ertz, for what that's worth. Um, a really good tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, you know, what would you think of this guy? Um, I mean, he looks good. Uh, he's got the size, and Dallas tends to – I mean, up until recently, we really never got to see a tight end develop because they were just always going to be behind Jason. They weren't going to get a ton of reps. Um, tight end is going to be a mystery position this year. I mean, I think the fans want to see the, – the great enigma is, is Rico Gathers, right? So the fans want to see what Rico can do. He had this – ridiculous preseason last year where he was streaking for like 50, 60 yard touchdowns. He's balling out super hard. And then he gets this concussion slash head injury, which I've noticed like the coverage of him has started to refer to it as that. Like at first it was just a concussion. And now like looking back, everyone's like, he got this (laughs) concussion slash head injury. So I guess it was more serious than that, but um, it doesn't sound like the coaching staff is as hot on Rico as the rest of us are. Um, And I don't know if that's because Rico can't block which has definitely always been a big concern. Um, but I think we need bodies at tight end. This kid seems qualified for where he was taken. Um, considering that it's pretty much going to be Rico, Jeff Swaim, and this guy, I mean, we, we, needed, we needed to pull an extra tight end. So I'm, I'm satisfied with the pick, especially that it was a, comp- a comp- compensatory pick. Yeah, you know, he was first team all Pac-12. Um, you know, his numbers aren't very sexy. He's a mold of a complete tight end as opposed to what we've kind of seen the league shift to in these pure receiving tight ends. He's not one of those. He's not going to be what Evan Ingram was for the Giants. But, you know, we'll, we'll take a look, you know. I mean, they said they feel good about him was about the, the most generic quote I saw. Um, so... You know, I think he's a solid blocker in the run game, which, as you know, we're going to probably run the ball 35 times a game at least. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. I think that's a uh, – it was a position of need, got filled. Now it's up to this kid to see if he can make the roster. Yeah. I mean, big shoes to fill. I, I just really want to see what they're going to do on third down because they have so many plays they've dialed up for Witten through the years. And so the Y option has become a oh, mainstay yeah. of this offense. I mean, third and Witten, we used to joke about. And yeah. you ask any opposing Giants, Eagles, Redskins fan, they're happy 82 retired because that guy was always a division slayer. So it's really interesting to see what they're going to do on third third and four, third and five, when Zeke's not going to get the rock. Um, that's going to be, I think, the the most interesting to see how Scott develops. And will this kid be a part of that? I don't know, Go. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm rooting for him for sure because, like you said, big, big shoes to fill. Um, fifth round, the Cowboys went out. They got this kid, Mike White, from uh, Western Kentucky. Um, quarterback, uh, I mean, people – and the fan favorite is obviously backup Cooper Rush, a.k.a. Crush. Um, he had an, an outstanding preseason last year. I think he threw six touchdowns, no picks. Um so he's probably got the backup spot pretty well locked down, but you, you need a third quarterback. Um, Mike White was a, a, a guy that started his career at South Florida. He transferred to Western Kentucky. He had two very good years for Western Kentucky, um, for whatever that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but 
good touchdown to interception ratio. Um, better numbers than Josh Allen, but just didn't have the elite hands. Just not, just not elite hand size to to warrant Josh Allen like attention. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm glad to have a third quarterback. You know, you you never know when that's going to come into play, and to have someone that you're working on uh, and at least a body for you know you need arms for camp, as they say. And I think that that's a, a good pick there. Um, it's just quarterback controversy and Big D again, man. Uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Wait for the camp articles. Uh, this, I kid's can't wait. Gonna, this kid's going to be beloved by – Is Mike White the best quarterback on the Dallas Cowboys? This guy needs PT. So, uh, <laughs> I'm telling six, you, we get one article, and I will uh, read it on air. Uh, I, I'm, I have zero doubt that someone will – some Western Kentucky alum who now works for the Landry hat will come out with some article about how Mike White deserves to start for this team. Uh, We'll see. Stay tuned. Um, Sixth round, uh, the Cowboys went back to the linebacker position. So obviously with the department, the departure of Hitchens and just a general inability to stop short passes over the middle last year, uh, linebacker was just a big area of need. We went and got this kid, Chris Covington from Indiana. Um, I don't really know much about this guy, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I've never heard of this guy coming in. Uh, I will say we took Hitchens in the six-round go, and that turned yeah. out well for us. And um, he's got a good size. He's 6'2", he's 230. He had a good year last year. He really didn't wasn't really the full-time guy until last year. Um, last year he had 85 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and three sacks from the linebacker position. He forced a fumble. He deflected five passes. Um so, you know, a guy that's going to, again, you know, he needs people to come into camp to push. Um, and I think this is a great pick in that, you know, these are these late round picks. These are just gambles, right? Like you're, you're buying lottery tickets, hoping you hit on one. Uh, speaking of gambles, um, if you took the Vegas prop bet that we would take another player from Boise State, you hit on it because we did with our next pick, Cedric Wilson, a wide receiver. Um, I don't know why we love this school so much, but we tend to <laughs> gravitate to players uh, that wear the Bronco blue. You know, I don't know too much about this kid. I'm a little confused by because we just have so many receivers, even with Switz leaving. And I think at this time we had traded for Tavon Austin as well, Andy. I like this. I like this kid. I'll be honest with you. Um, played at Boise State and last year put up 1,500 yards on 83 catches. This is a, a long bomb kid. He puts gets he averages right around 20 yards a catch. Um, 18 touchdowns in two years. Uh, I, I like this pick for a six round receiver. This this guy's definitely uh, he's gonna have to put on some bulk. He's six three. He's only 188. So he'll have to put on some some bulk to play in the NFL. But I really like this guy for a six round pick. Um, the the headline of the six round was obviously what we did with the other six round pick was which was to trade that to the Rams for one Tavon Austin, uh, a legend of our fantasy league uh, and kind of just an interesting enigma of a player a little bit. So obviously elite athletic talent, uh, true burner. You ever heard the term gadget player? It, it, no, it defines no one more completely than it probably defines Tavon Austin. Yeah, absolutely. This guy, he doesn't do anything like elite. <laughs> like he's not a great running back. He's not a great wide receiver. He's not an elite punt returner, but he does all of them well enough that he's definitely found a spot on an NFL roster for the last five years. And he did all of them well enough that Jeff Fisher decided to give him Des Bryant money. 
Ten million dollars. Yeah. Um, so he's. I mean, the, when he's when he's healthy, he went through. He had two surgeries last year on his wrist and on his ankle, which limited him significantly. Um, he also kind of puts the his. He had some fumble issues last year. He had five fumbles last year. Um, the wrist issue tends to be what people kind of attribute that to. Um, but when this guy's fully healthy and playing at his best, uh, he can definitely change the pace on you. He's incredibly fast. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Um, and if he can catch the ball on punt return, which has been a challenge for him in some areas, he can take it to the house. He does have several punt return touchdowns. Um, so I think that this is kind of the – I mean, Andy, he's fast too. Yeah, he. I mean, this is the new Dunbar, right? Like this is the guy that's going to change the pace and – burn your you know if you put a linebacker on this guy in coverage she's gonna burn you pretty hard um so for a team I'm, that lacked top end speed i think that's at least what you got with this guy does he make the final roster to cedric wilson he'll probably go practice squad. i mean they have a lot of guys that they brought in they're going to bring into camp and otas and take a good look at yeah and, and honestly i'm i'm excited for some of the options that that Tavon opens for us. I love the idea of triple option Dax Zeke Tavon. Um, Ooh, I, think that's a, yes. I think that's a difficult look for a team to line up against, and you can run so many different options out of it. Um, one play that I really liked that we used to run with Lucky Whitehead was the fake jet sweep, and then Whitehead slips out of the backfield, and Dax just pops it over the line to him, and he takes it the distance. Um, I think that Tavon's definitely a guy that can do that for you. Um, great change of direction, elite agility, elite top end speed. Uh, so Tavon, Tavon's an interesting piece and we got him for the right price. Six round pick is nothing. Um, he had restructured his contract. So we're not paying him the Des Bryant money. This guy's getting like, I think it's like a million bucks plus like 2 million in incentives if he hits all of them. So even if this guy blows it out of the water, we're paying him like $3 million. Um, I, I actually really like the move. I'm, I like the move a lot. Yeah. That lucky whitehead screen that they tried to, do with Switzer too, even though he barely got any snaps. It's like the only wrinkle Scott Linehan has ever thought of, I believe. But so he, I, the boy loves jet sweeps. He loves, he loves faking jet that jet sweep too. Oh yeah. So you'll see a lot of those. Um, like I said, Tavon really didn't do much last year, as Andy said. Uh, you know, the Rams' offense was the most explosive in the league, and this is a guy who's supposed to be explosive and was really not. Um, and it begs know. the question if Sean McVay can't figure out what to do with you, can Scott Linehan? But I will say this against Dallas, they started trying to give him some rushing attempts. And what I did like, you know, he mentioned the Zeke thing, is he did get six carries for 50 yards against us. I wouldn't hate seeing him and Zeke line up together. Um, I don't think you'll see this guy play more than 10 snaps a game, if that. Yeah, probably a, five. True right? gadget player, right? Like, when he's on the field, he's probably either the decoy or he's getting the ball. He's not going to line up and do a lot of blocking. He's not going to line up and do a lot of – I mean, you said it. He's, he's our new lucky whitehead. You know, he's going to be asked to do some things in the return game and, you know, a couple little packages that they'll create for him. Um, if he makes the final roster, great. If not, I don't – you know, you you give up a six-rounder, no worries. My, my one complaint is that they did not give him number 19, thereby allowing everyone that bought a Miles Austin jersey to just put those back on. Because that would have been pretty great. <laughs> yeah, you still see a lot of Miles Austin jerseys um, for some reason. Hey, wide receiver coach, he's balling out, dude. He's helping put our squad together. So thanks, Miles. 
He dated Kim K before it was cool to date Kim K, man. And got out before it ruined him, which many <laughs> men have made a, the opposite decision. Looking at you, Kanye. Looking at you, bro. Cool hat, dog. Cool hat. Yeah. Boys would be boys now with hard-hitting hip-hop slash political commentary. Oh, we went there. We oh, going yeah. there. Oh, oh. Moving so, yes. on to our Seventh last round. Yeah. Round. Um, this this is an interesting one. So uh, maybe my favorite pick of this draft. Okay, girl. I like this. So uh, seventh round pick was Bo Scarborough, running back out of Bama. Um, this is a guy that if you ask some Bama fans, there are a good number of Bama fans that think that Bo Scarborough was the best running back on Alabama. Um, this is a guy who had his biggest year uh, as a sophomore. He had 125 touches for 812 yards and 11 touchdowns, 6.5 yards per carry. Um, we know how Bama works. They've always got like three backs doing stuff. Um, he, he, had, he saw his role reduced last year, um, but he's a big boy. Uh, he's 6'2", 235 pounds. Um, I would expect to see this guy. One, he's just a little bit faster than you want him to be uh, if, you're the, if you're playing defense against him, and then he's got a lot of power. So I'd expect to see this guy definitely pounding the rock in the red zone, and then they'll probably give it to him. You know, he's going to probably slide him in kind of in that fullback spot in the eye and, you know, give him a couple of those dive plays, and he can take those farther than you think he can because this isn't, you know, this isn't a true fullback. Dude, I love him being the backup to Zeke, and here's why. Uh, you know, Zeke's going to get – 25 to 30 touches a game. I mean, he's going to get the Le'Veon Bell full work, Todd Gurley full workload, you know. And when you bring in a change of pace guy like Rod Smith, I do enjoy that. But when you bring in this guy, I mean, this guy's a fucking horse, man. And you're trying to tackle him in the fourth quarter after chasing Zeke all game. I mean, 240 pounds coming at you downhill um, with that big O-line mauling. I think you might see him in the closer role a few times in games. Uh, yeah, I mean, with that line, and then you look at the backfield of Zeke, Scarborough, Smith, and Tavon. I mean, that's a rushing attack to fear. If Scott Lanahan's worth his salt, we'll find out this year because uh, they have more than enough players to come up with some real exciting plays. And uh, that was our last pick, though. So yeah. overall, would you uh, what would you give this on the goat grading scale? Where, where does it rank? I'm going to give it a B minus. And the only reason I'm giving it a B minus instead of like a high grade is because of the opportunity to get Derwin James. I can't get off that. Um, <laughs> if we get Derwin James as well as every other player we got instead of LDE, I give this draft an A plus, to be honest with you. I love where we went with a lot of these guys. I like Gallup. I like Scarborough. I like Connor Williams. Um, I think these are great picks. The only reason that I'm du I'm ducking at points is because I think we had an opportunity to get a truly elite secondary player, which I think this team lacks. What about you? Where do you stand? Yeah, you know, I was going to give the same thing. I was going to give a B minus. Uh, it really depends on what LV does, man. Young BPA has got to go out there and put up some stats. He has to be a day one starter, and it's just so odd to me in a team that runs nickel so often if he – won't play in that position, then it seems like a depth play at pick 19, which I don't like. But I agree with you. Uh, round two to round seven, I, I really have no complaints. You know, I would have loved to see James Washington in two, but I'm more than happy to have Gallup in the third. You know, I think there's some things we could have, some players that would have been exciting for us as fans to get. But 
you know, I don't, I don't dislike any of the positions. I don't have any head scratchers that we threw in there. And, uh, you and, know, and I, at the end of the day, I trust Will McClay, man. I mean, we're two years, we're, we're a year removed from, you know, one of the, the most home run drafts ever for this franchise in the, the Dak Zeke year. Um, so, and, and last year, I, I love the guys we got last year, Jordan Lewis, Cheeto, um, even Taco shed some flashes. So, I trust the staff as far as talent evaluation goes. Um, now it's up to Scott and Jason to use these guys, and that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, absolutely. So B minus. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe we'll come back and revisit this next year and, and give a grade on the rookies. That'd probably be a little fun thing to monitor. But Quite I think fun. there's a lot of guys in there, and this team's really young across a lot of positions, which I like, including wide receiver now. Um, you know, so we will we'll, we'll see if that youth can be attributed to um, a run. You know, a lot of teams. I think the Patriots a few years ago were the youngest team to win one. It was the Seahawks before them. But we've seen a lot of average age teams um, on the young scale start making deep playoff runs. Agreed. And uh, part of that kind of you know movement towards youth was today the official retirement of. Probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, cowboy of all time, Jason Witten. Um, if you watched that press conference, it was emotional. Dude, there was somebody cutting onions in here because I was I was getting a, a wee bit emotional during that entire affair. Um, I even saw the robot Jason Garrett leak some oil, and I've never seen I've never that. seen that. Never seen that, that. Was that was crazy? I mean, Jason was having to stop mid sentence to uh, take a you know, a sip of water. Yeah. He, he was really cracking up there. Even Jerry got a little bit red. I didn't know he had a soul left. So that was good to see, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if you haven't had a chance to watch this thing, go watch the the speech. It's probably one of the best retirement speeches I've ever seen from a, any athlete ever. Um, told some great anecdotes about Bill Parcells. Um, and I think it, it, it all got summed up by, uh, actually what Jason Garrett said, which, um, you know, it's very true. He said, you know, we, we tell people when they come to this team, when we get the young guys in here, um, we're trying to make hold them to the standards that the Cowboys have set. And Jace, make no mistake about it, Jason Witten is the standard. And I think that, that pretty much says it all, man. Um, this is a guy that pretty much just came to work. I mean, he's, he said it himself. He said, I was never the most talented. I was never the flashiest. I did it with grit. And that is Jason Witten to a T. Uh, he was never the most elite freakish athlete. He never made a play that made you just be like, how did he possibly do that? But he did. you were in awe of his ability to just keep pounding on opponents over and over again, year in, year out, through injury, ruptured spleen, broken ribs, no helmet, just keep killing it, keep giving me the ball, Y option every chance we get. Um, it's a huge loss to this team, but it's an amazing career in hindsight yeah jason's an icon of not only this organization of the nfl i think rarely do you get players with hall of fame hall of fame caliber talent who are also hall of fame caliber people you know jason witten has exemplified that throughout his tenure as a dallas cowboy you won't hear anyone say a negative thing about him you know go to it's, it's funny to me we get um asked these questions you know we're so defensive of Dez and we're so defensive of of Tony you know when people 
salt their name. And I, I get asked, you know, why, why I don't take that same stance with Witten. And to me, it's because you just don't have to with Jason Witten. Like no one, yeah. everyone respects this guy. Even people who may make fun of the Cowboys and may mean Witten, like he just doesn't warrant you getting emotionally worked up because Jason Witten is, as you said, the standard. So it sucks to see him go. It really does. It's it's the end of, of those that team, that era of Cowboys that we – Bled with us in the same, you know, every game meant something to them because we've been rooting as long as they've been on the team. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if anyone can fulfill that role within the organization. You know, I got high hopes with Dak as a person, but Witten had, he'd done it for years, man. I mean, a decade probably at this point, you know, where he had been the guy in the locker room that people looked up to. I mean, they drafted this kid as a baby. He was taken as a 20 year old in the third round and, um, Parcells in this organization. I mean, you watched him become a man. So, you know, I think that's all I got on Witten, but it, it'll be, it's sad to see him go, man. Yeah. We're definitely going to miss 82. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to think that that, that famous picture from the locker room after they won the NFC championship or the NFC East title, um, you know, Witten, DeMarco, Dez and Tony, and they're all gone. Just three short seasons later. It's yeah. really kind of crazy. Um, um, for those who don't know, he did take the ESPN gig, so we will see him on Monday Night Football. November as, 5th, uh, he will announce a Cowboys game on yeah. Monday Night Football. So we don't have to be totally detached. I mean, he's like Tony. You know, I'd rather him be on the team, but uh, we do still get to hear him every week, every Monday if you if you want to tune in. And I think he'll do great. You know, I had doubts about it, but seeing him talk – and uh, all or nothing, which we'll get into in future pods. You know, he was uh, he's way more vocal than I thought, than I had the perception of Jason Witten. So I think he'll be great in the booth. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and you know, one of the guys that was that gave him a big shout out on Instagram was uh, one Desmond Bryant. Um, you know, basically just said, "This is the goat. This is the goat." And I totally agree. Uh, Des has been going through it though. Um, it's been an odd week or two for Des Bryant. Um, so Des Bryant, obviously released by the Cowboys, uh, fielded a what was reported to be a $7 million per year multi-year offer from the Ravens, turned it down, wants a one-year prove-it deal um, to kind of go out there, get his money, ball out, and then get another more significant deal on the back end of that instead of being locked into kind of a lesser deal. Um but there's also reports out there via guys that a lot of people trust, Schefter, et cetera, um, that say that a lot of teams wouldn't sign Des for the league minimum. Um, so crazy. To which me. is crazy. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, not since the days of T.O. do I remember a receiver who had that level of talent that couldn't be on an NFL roster for whatever reason. Um, I, I think it's less – than T.O. as far as like locker room shit at this point. There's definitely questions about Dez's ability, um, but it seems like the Cowboys really sunk his value, man. Yeah, I got a few points on this, Andy, so I'll uh, feel free to jump yeah. in at any point. No, please, roll you it know, like, There's 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 three big things that I think have come to my mind with Dez still being unemployed, and the first is that uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I don't believe, did him any favors releasing him when they did you know, in the middle of, of April, if he's released, you know, a month after the Super Bowl, there's no way he's not on a roster before the NFL draft. I just don't see it. Maybe not at the number he thought he was going to get. Maybe not the number I admit I thought Des was going to get. 
You know, I thought he was going to get what Deshaun Jackson got from the Bucks, which was like three for 33, I believe. You know, I thought he'd get I thought he'd get nine, 10 mil a year easy out there. Uh, it appears that well is not there. And like I said, you know, the, the Cowboys certainly um, didn't do him favors by releasing when they did. Will McClay came out, um, our VP and head of scouting, and said that on film, Dez didn't show the ability to win one-on-one consistently. So I don't really like that. You know, that's they would have never done that to a, a Wit and a Romo, a Ware, a, they, even Scandrick, you know, they gave the benefit of releasing, you know, um, second, I don't think his agent did Des any favors, Andy, because they didn't put any of these stipulations in. Why a lot of these guys like Richard Sherman and and company get released so early is they usually put like a, hey, if this guy's on the roster as of March 1st of the year, then he's owed X amount of money. And because he didn't have any of those deadlines or stipulations put in, it the Cowboys never really were forced to make a decision until they wanted to make a decision. And that that could be because Des was one of the first NFL football players to sign with Rock Nation, and they were kind of new to the game a little bit. So that could be a, a side effect of that decision. Yeah, there was rumors they did not – the Cowboys, Will McClay and Steven did not get along well with the Jay-Z's Rock Nation group. Those – to say that that contract – situation was handled amicably it would be a just a flat out lie you know they went back and forth quite a bit before that deal finally got inked and the third andy and and this is you know one that a tough pill for me to swallow so i gotta take the rose tinted glasses off for this one des didn't do himself any favors after he left i think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with his you know, I'll be back next year. You know, I'm going to play them twice. He sat down with Jane Slater, did the NFL Network gig, where he kind of talked about Garrett guys betrayed me in the back. You know, you know, I'm going to prove to them that I still got it. He went on a, his social media, if you looked at it, was just kind of trashy in general. You Juvenile, know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for lack of a better word, and this is probably, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, just juvenile um, – Almost like he was throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum. And look, Des is emotional, for better or worse. And, and no one blames him for having those those thoughts. I think anyone would have those thoughts. If anyone who's ever been let go from a job has sat in their living room and talked mad shit about their former employer. The difference is you have people around you or you yourself know putting this on social media will do absolutely nothing. The Cowboys are not being harmed by Des Bryant. Being like, there's Garrett guys and they're killing everybody in the locker room. Like, that's not occurring. Yeah, I think someone, and he's always been unfiltered, but somebody could have looked out for him there. And Des could look out for himself. I mean, let's let's put some some onus on him as well. But you know, he 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 certainly hasn't done himself favors. If he had left and just said, you know what, it was an honor to play for the star. You know, I love repping it. You know, I wish I could stay here, but it just didn't work out that way. Best of luck. I think he'd be in a job right now. Agreed. Um, and, and the third or the fourth, I guess, really, is as I kind of heard people discussing this, Andy, and, and I want your thoughts, is the league's kind of gone away from the Des Bryant prototype. Yeah. Uh, you don't see a lot of jump ball in zone threat receivers anymore. You don't see the Anquan Boldens like his play style in the NFL. I mean, the well, close as, cor- as corners have gotten larger, more physical, 
athletic freaks. They're way better able to, you know, it used to be that like corners were short, fast guys. And so Des Bryant was a matchup nightmare. When Calvin was at his peak, he just wasn't guardable. Like you had to put doubles on him. You had to hope that the ball was a little out of position. If the ball got put in the right place, guys like Des and Calvin just caught the ball. It just is what it is. Well, and it, it kind of reminds me, you look at the NBA, you know, they, they've talked, you've seen this big transition the game to three-point shots. And every year people are setting, you know, franchise records for three-pointers made, three-pointers attempted. Uh, and that just keeps going up because the leagues looked at analytics and realized, hey, a, a three or a corner three is the best shot in basketball by points per shot. And I almost think that something similar is happening in the NFL where they're looking at the college and they realize that, hey, it's just throw the ball up to your number one receiver's low percentage. And if you can just dump it to a small guy over the slot, then you have a better chance of getting more yards. And I'm not saying that that's happened for sure, but I think there's less of a need for his skill set than there was even five, ten years ago. Well, and just what teams, what team that has that guy has won a Super Bowl? You know, like, the you know we haven't seen. Well, we talked about that. We haven't seen an elite number one win a Super Bowl in a long time. You know, Fitz is the best I can come up to drag the Cardinals team to a Super Bowl. Didn't, um, win. didn't win. You know, we haven't seen Antonio Bryant's version of Steelers win a Super Bowl. You know, we haven't seen Calvin Johnson certainly never even got close. Never won a playoff game. Dez only won one at his peak of his power. So even Mo- even Moss during his like renaissance where he went to the Patriots set every record for a single right. season ever they didn't, didn't win a super bowl to no. didn't win a super bowl i mean the the golden age of the number one wide receiver truly was like the jerry rice you know michael irvin, irvin. yeah the days. 90s yeah in the 2000s there's not many examples of a dominant wide receiver one who gets paid like a dominant wide receiver one finding success so you know i, I still wish des the best but i think I think he finds a roster. It may take longer than we thought. It may be smaller than we thought. It may be like a one-year, five, six mil. Um, I still don't think that his skill set, that people just don't want to deal with him. I think he's a little bit, like I said, I wouldn't call him a headache. Tony even called, went out and said that you know he's not going to hurt a locker room. I saw Roma on his back. Even Witten today shouted him out in his press conference. So I think there's a lot of love for Dez, but I do think when you bring in Dez, you do bring in a guy who's going to create some headlines. Yeah, and I mean, I saw a clip today, um, and it was being used to show the leadership of Jason Witten, but it was a moment for Dez. Um, Jean-Jacques Taylor and Dez got into it in the locker room over some quotes or something that Jean-Jacques had taken out of context with Dez. Dez was screaming at him. He's calling him a bitch. Report it right, motherfucker, like all this stuff. And Witten was being interviewed by his locker and actually left to go calm Dez down. And so the clip that it was being used as a like, here's a guy in Jason Witten who is dealing with the media and then goes, hey, like, not important. Got to go deal with my, got to go help my teammate. And it's as a positive. But in the background of that, you're saying, man, like, here's Dez screaming obscenities at a member of the press. Like, very Ryan Leaf-esque behavior. Not what yeah. you want to see. And I hate to say this word, but, you know, Dez can be petulant at times, especially at his age. You know, you, you would have thought he might have grown out of that. Now, I love Dez. I want all pod people to realize Dez Bryant is probably my second favorite player in NFL history. I mean, I love 
what Dez did on this team, and I'll miss him sorely, but there is a reason he's not on the team right now. And that's yeah, all. yeah, and I and I cannot, I can't think that it's entirely production. And yeah, there are plenty of worse wide receivers that have jobs. Absolutely, uh, no. but he will find a job, and I hope the best for him. You know, Dez is not going to be hurting for money. He's still got fifty mil from Dallas. Hopefully, not hurting for money. Um, but you know, he he made his fifty plus mil. He's gonna he's gonna eat okay. He's gonna find another job, even if it's at four or five million a year, which would be drastically underpaid. I mean, if Alan Hearns can get two for 12, it shocks me that Dez couldn't get that. But, you know, we'll see. And we will uh, – we'll be back, Andy, when he, he signs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man, best of luck to Dez Bryant, dude. Just a guy that we just love to death. Just want to see everything turn out good for the guy for sure. Um, and so there you, there you have it. Kind of the, the keep your head up 88, stay off social media, dog. Yeah, dog. Get rid of Twitter, dude. Just get rid of that shit. Nothing good has ever come from it. And and we know you can't stay out the comments, dude. You're always up in the comments, just having wars with people. And it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. So, but yeah, guys, that's kind of the up to the minute on the Cowboys, the draft, um, their time in Jason Witten and the latest and greatest on Des Bryant. Um, Ben, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? No, man. Um, all or nothing that Amazon show is out. It is a behind the look scene of the Dallas Cowboys 2006 or 17 season. That's uh, awesome. and Andy's seen all of it. I am working my way through it. We'll probably either do, I haven't decided Andy how we want to do it. Maybe we'll let the fans decide if we're going to do one big podcast where we discuss it exclusively. Um, if we kind of break it up episode by episode and just do like a five, 10 minute thing um, towards the end. Uh, but we'll figure it out. We will yeah, definitely be so talking be on, about it. Be on the lookout for some all or nothing content. It's a great show. Amazon did a great job with it. NFL Films, as always, they pretty much exclusively churn out just great, high quality stuff. So definitely recommend going and watching that. I know y'all have Amazon Prime. I know you're not paying for shipping on all that shit you order. So and it's a watch. way to hold on to Des and Witten for a little bit longer. <sighs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. So. Um, yeah, man, it's a great show. Definitely watch that. Be on the lookout for our our content on that. Um, we'll, we will probably, uh, roll into some more, uh, we, we, we talked about doing some of our off season content earlier in the year. We kind of got wrapped up in other stuff and now we've been doing drafts and everything. Um, now we're kind of like Ben mentioned at the beginning, we're entering kind of the dead period. So we'll probably come back at you guys with some, some more creative content, a little more fun, a little more happy, humorous than the, uh, several depressed podcasts we've gotten in a row about Des Witten, LVE, Young BPA. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, as always, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, leave a comment, like the podcast, um, and uh, we will we will be back soon. Uh, ben, final thoughts? Oh, nothing else, man. Follow us on Twitter, y'all. Holler at us. Do it. Do it. We love hearing from the fans. All right, guys. Well, that has been all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. As always, this is Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace.